Okay. Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy? Your, your hosts are Steve Becker and myself, Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at our website, horrormakesushappy.com. Uh, before we get started, a little information for you and the listeners. This is the trigger warning section. We're going to be talking about messed up stuff, horror movies, dark occult culture, which can involve anything from murder, rape, suicide, child abuse, um, Basically, uh, things that certain people may find offensive. So if that's not your thing, go find Get out now. Yes. Or maybe think about it and come back. But uh, yeah, if that is your thing, welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy. We talk about fucked up shit and, and interesting things. It's a psychological intrigue thing. I am failing for words today. <laughs> Cut. Start Get, over. Yeah. From the top. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Who do we have next, Steve, uh, as far as our guest up? Uh, we've got to reschedule um, Bob Glazier, but I don't have anybody else on the calendar at the moment. Um, as you know, but and the, the listeners may or may not know, we took some time off to deal with some personal stuff and mm. getting back on the calendar. We had uh, two or three people sign up pretty quick, and then now I've, I've just got to get back into getting everybody else signed up. Although, really, I don't know how much we can get on the calendar because we've got these plans to do some more personal stuff next month. So <laughs> yeah. we we might just take a little bit of a hiatus. We've got enough uh, in the can to last us through September. So it's not like a, it's going to kill us to take a little time off. Through September. Okay. That should be enough buffer yeah. time. Just barely. Yep. But yep. Um, that's what we have lined up next. As for today, we have the pleasure of the company of Mr. Sam Salerno. Writer, director, and producer, best known for his works uh, Kiss My Ashes, uh, Death by a Thousand Cuts, and of course, The Dark Side of the Womb, which again, I discovered this afternoon is streaming free on his YouTube channel. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's beautiful, hilarious, and fucked up. All my favorite things. Welcome, Sam. How are you doing today? Oh, thanks for having me. I'm doing good. Uh, I think you're one of the only people who actually said my last name right. So. <laughs> <laughs> I Everybody actually had it as an up. M, as in Mike, for like the longest time, but that's, I double checked it today and it's an N. So, I mean, no, I'm I'm good at stuff. <laughs> so what are you working on right now, Sam? Yeah. Oh, actually, right now I'm uh, like two days into my Indiegogo campaign for my, my next project. So I've been uh, just trying to make a lot of memes and whatnot, trying to promote that. It's what I've been dedicating my time to. Nice. It's like it's interesting. Memes are like the fly, the flyers of today. Yeah. Is the is the Indiegogo already up or are you planning to put it up? Yeah, it's been up for about two days. Oh, OK. Uh, well, it might be over by the time this gets aired. But for the people who might be interested in going to check it out, what's the, what's it called? It's called Erotomaniac. Ooh. It's like a <laughs> stalker sort of film, I guess. OK. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will put together a bio page for you and link to whatever you want. So if you want us to link to some stuff, we can do that as well. Oh, for sure. Um, before we get into uh, the meat of the interview, just a, a real brief uh, sort of description. Uh, in the interview, we'll be asking three sets of questions covering your childhood, teenage years, and adulthood to find out what it is about horror that you like. Uh, the idea being that if we come at it from more than one angle, sometimes that triggers memories that you'd forgotten. But that said, it's not meant to be a therapy session. So if there's something you don't want to talk about, just say pass and we'll move on. 
Uh, but starting with childhood, what are, what are some of your earliest memories of scary things? I think my, my earliest memory, I think, is um, every year we I'm, – I'm in L.A., but every year we go back to Indiana for uh, to visit family. And I remember with, with my grandma watching the movie The Ghost of Mr. Chicken with Don Knotts. Um, okay. Like, sort of like a horror comedy type of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember just loving that and watching it a lot at times as a kid. That and, and Scooby-Doo, I think, were the earliest kind of horror-ish things that – kind of got me into it okay what was it ghost of fan ghost of mr what uh the ghost and mr chicken chicken okay so it's not a ghost of a chicken it's the ghost and mr chicken yeah they're they're using chicken as in like person who's easily afraid i guess like Uh, yeah has to stay in a haunted house for like a night it is don knots yeah it's like very like like slapsticky and goofy okay anything else it doesn't have to be movies or TV. I mean, it could be books or anything. I think that was mostly um, it. Like, I mean, the other thing is that like my birthday is November 1st. So I just always like, it was like a special ah. two days, you know, like Halloween and then my birthday the next day. I remember like my mom taking me to the Halloween stores on, you know, like on my birthday. Cause everything was like super discounted. <laughs> so, yeah. I can relate. My birthday is usually the week after Thanksgiving and it was always nice. Even if, you know, people weren't giving me gifts, just having, you know, the family get together for Thanksgiving and, you know, you get a pat on the head and Hey, happy birthday. You get, you got a birthday coming up and yeah, it's always nice. Yeah. Do you remember what scared you about this, uh, Don Knotts film? Yeah. I guess it didn't really like necessarily like, like it just has like all of the like classic, like horror movie cliches, like the, the piano that, or the organ that plays itself and the cobwebs and, and, you know, this abandoned house. And it's like a big portrait, like a painting of a guy on the wall. And at one point there's like a, it moves some like garden shears appear in the picture and it's like bleeding. Like it's not really scary, but it just, I guess, introduced me to a lot of the like horror, like uh, cliches and whatnot. And I just like, got really into that i could ask for scooby-doo but i think uh kind of similar thing there they had all the the universal monsters and all the uh the classic tropes yeah like yeah like you're saying like the painting sometimes the eyes follow you and things like that or exactly and then yeah then when i guess when i was a little older just going to like blockbuster and hollywood video just you know just like always would be drawn to the horror section i guess because i already liked those um that imagery and whatnot from those. So I just got into it through that. Okay. Did you find it scary at all? Or was it just like fascinating? Yeah. More just like fascinating. I remember once I started actually watching them, me and me and my friend, we would, you know, just be renting whatever movies my parents would let us rent. Cause you know, they weren't going to let us rent anything that extreme because we were young. But I remember like the big one was that we were both so scared to watch the exorcist. Yep. Then when I finally watched it, it was like so terrifying. How old were you when you saw that? Probably about like, I think it was in like sixth grade. So I guess like 11 or 12, maybe. Okay. Yeah. That's still, I'd probably say that's closer to uh, childhood than teenage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you had a friend who was also into this stuff with you? Yeah. He only lived here for like a year or two. It was like a short period. But I just remember me and him just renting like basically every horror movie from Hollywood video that my mom would at least let us rent. Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned it was your grandmother that would watch this movie with you. So uh, was she a horror fan? No, not at all. I think she just liked, cause that one had Don Knotts. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, she refuses to watch horror movies. I did get her to watch Dusk, <laughs> but uh, she hated oh, that one. <laughs> uh, anybody else in your family horror fan? Really, just me, me and my mom are the only ones. Okay. Did your I'm not going to say this? Did your mother like introduce you to horror stuff as? I'm going to say this. You know, some some parents kind of sit their kids down and explain stuff to them, and then other parents just kind of throw them throw them in and teach them how to you know throw you in the pool to learn how to swim type of thing. You know, do you, did you how do you feel? It was with your mom. Was it more one way or the other? Yeah, I guess like the, the second way. She mostly just, when I showed an interest in it, you know, she just showed me a lot of the ones that she liked. Like, for instance, like the reason I wanted to watch The Exorcist is because my mom had always told me that she read the book when she was like a kid and she loved it. Mm-hmm. So she like built that one up for me, you know. It probably told you at the time, like maybe not this one just yet, you know, maybe later or yeah. something like that. Same thing with Nightmare on Elm Street too. She she really built, like you know built that one up to me for a long time before I finally watched it. Mm-hmm. Do you remember any others that uh, you saw at a when you were a kid that she introduced you to? I'm trying to suggested? think, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of tough. I mean, the other thing too is that like my mom was always watching like Dateline and a lot of like you know like the true crime docs. Uh, so she got me into those too at a very young age. Uh-huh. You were ahead of the time. Yeah, I think so. Like the earlier days of Dateline, I guess. I don't know when it started, but like yeah. uh, unsolved mysteries and that kind of thing too, or no? Uh, I actually didn't see that till a lot later. It's pretty much just Dateline, really, in the earlier days, at least. I mean, Dateline okay. was kind of a precursor to unsolved mysteries. I don't remember enough about it. I thought it was just like a new show, kind of like sixty minutes. But some episodes are, and then a lot of them are just like they'll just cover one like murder case. Okay, I mean it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. Did any of this stuff uh, trigger any phobias or fears or enhance ones that had already been there? Not really, because like uh, one of the datelines is actually like right by where I live. And like to me, that's just cool. Like mm-hmm. didn't really get, give me a phobia. It's like there's like a pharmacy there now, but it was like a jack in the box or a fast food restaurant where I guess some big high profile murder happened to me. That's just cool. But that's like, right. Yeah, I guess there. it kind of normalizes it. That, well, not even normalize it. It's um, it brings it home, but in a good way. Not like, you know, it hits, it hits close to home. So it's disturbing. It almost masks that scariness or, or disturbingness. By the fact that, hey, that's cool. That happened near where I live. Yeah. That connection. For sure. All right. And when I asked that, I wasn't just talking about Dateline. I mean, any of the stuff that you, like, you know, experienced as a kid, the uh, exorcist or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was one. I don't know what it was, but there was one, like, ghost documentary. There's, you know, I guess, like, presenting all this evidence for ghosts. I remember that one. Like, I guess, like, for me, like, a, like supernatural stuff feels like the scariest. Mm-hmm. So okay. that. They made a convincing case for ghosts existing, you know, at least when I was a kid. So I remember that that probably scared me more than anything. Hmm. Any particular thing about supernatural stuff that scares you? I don't really know. I guess it's just like I can accept that there's like a killer out there or whatnot. But like it just feels like those things like shouldn't exist or shouldn't uh, interact with us. You know, I don't know. Just like I'd rather not. I don't get these ghost hunters. You know, I'd rather just stay away from a ghost if they're out there. Hmm. Well, the other thing too, I mean, you can't put a ghost in jail, so. True. Sure you can. Scooby-Doo. Well, but those aren't really ghosts. No. <laughs> no, it's old man rivers. Yep. <clears throat> Did you dress up for Halloween as a kid? 
I'm guessing so, yeah. since you went to the stores the day after Halloween to grab stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I dress up every year. Did you have a favorite, favorite costume? There's one costume that I was wanted, but they wouldn't let us wear it to like the school event was the, um, the scream mask with the, where you could push a little button and they would have the like blood mm-hmm. run down. Like the goes, I was wanted that one, but I couldn't. So when I think back, like I recently found some family photos and I had a pretty cool ninja costume in one, like me and my brother, we were both ninjas. So cool. I thought that one looked kind of cool when I found that photo. Nice. Did you do like a color scheme thing? Like you were yellow, like Scorpion, and he was Sub Zero, or was Mortal Kombat out yet? Probably not. They were just like I think like generic like black ninja costumes. Mm. Like I think we had the same costume. Any least favorite costumes? Yeah, I remember one year I went to the Halloween store and I got the costume from the kid from Spy Kids, and like a week later I really regretted getting that, but my mom told me like she had already bought it, mm. so she wouldn't let me get another one. Why did you regret it? I don't know. I guess like there just wasn't anything there I really liked that much. And that was like my favorite of the ones. And then I was like, I felt like I could have gotten something I liked more than that. Kind of felt like you settled. Yeah. Yeah. Did you enjoy the process of dressing up, putting on makeup? What, or was it just Halloween in general? Yeah, I guess just all of it. I, I always liked actually putting on the costume and the trick or treating uh did you have any recurring nightmares when you were a kid you know i never really like remember my dreams like too often mm-hmm. um there's a i just have like one very specific nightmare i remember for whatever reason like when i was i don't, know, I don't even know it'd be a nightmare i just remember it was like me and my dad going to this cemetery at night when i was a kid that one was like i still remember it very clearly which is weird because i was like super young mm-hmm. anything in that in particular about the dream that scared you or yeah, I don't know. I just, I just remember having just something about like a we had like a lantern just like going down and like digging down at night. It was just like very felt like very suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Huh. Like the classic okay. uh, old school movies where you have people skulking through a graveyard at night, like you said, holding the lantern. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe just something that came in your mind if you had, you know, seen something and then gone into bed and dreamt, dreamt about it. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Um, so at that point in your life, did you feel uh, an affinity for horror already? Or was it just something that was just like one of one of the many things, you know? Yeah, I think I definitely did. Because I even remember like in, in my fifth grade class around Halloween, we had to write a like a scary story. And I like really put a ton of effort into that. I got in trouble because I guess it offended my teacher, which I was like, isn't that kind of the point? It's like, it's a scary story, but. Well, scary and offensive are not the same thing. It was like like a kid going into this house and this is like, oh, five. So the, my big scary thing was that Michael Jackson was waiting for him. I was like, right. (laughs) It didn't go over well, but it's a common thread. It was Michael Jackson from thriller too. Wasn't it? He was, he was like dancing in my story. There was ghosts and whatnot too, but there was a Michael Jackson. I remember like he, she got really offended. I was like, I mean, if my story kind of got under your skin, I feel like, like what other fifth grader story, really scary story had any sort of impact on her? I don't know. Right. Like if the teacher was open-minded and focused more on, you know, the, the process of teaching and awarding, I don't know, good skills or, or good. Uh, Maybe uh, she was an MJ fan. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Well, then all the more reason to say, you know what? That was disturbing. So it was effective. A plus. Clearly, she didn't see it that way. 
clearly. All right. Uh, well, moving into your teenage years, then what kind of, what are the, you know, what are the big things that it affected you in your teenage years in terms of horror? Yeah, I feel like during my teenage years, I just got like super into pro wrestling. So I became like a diehard Undertaker fan. So that was mm-hmm. kind of my obsession at that point. Mm-hmm. And just like getting more into like heavy metal. Like, I feel like I was probably watching horror movies kind of less at that point. Although I think okay. that's around when I really got into like some Hitchcock movies. Okay. Any particular ones? Uh, definitely Psycho and uh, Dial M for Murder and Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Probably the big three for me. And the, the TV show, the Alfred Hitchcock Presents. My, my mom got me onto that one. Did you uh, still partake in Halloween as a, as a teen? Yeah, I trick-or-treated till I think I started high school. It was like, I don't know, I was like, what, like 14 or 15, I think was like when I started getting comments from the people at the house. <laughs> like, aren't you a little big. old to be a stormtrooper? Yeah, you know, they're kind of like, didn't want to give me candy anymore. <laughs> I think I did it throughout high school. To come to think of it, though, I think I did it through my last year of high school. Yeah. That's acceptable, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely after that would be a little strange, but. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't too tall, Uh, so it helped, I think. Made me seem younger. Favorite uh, favorite costume as a teen? I'm kind of having like trouble really remembering a lot of them. That's right. I probably don't remember any of mine either, but again, if it doesn't work, you know, that question doesn't hit for you. That's okay. Yeah. No, uh, no least favorite costume then either, I suppose. No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, by your teens, did you have anybody else in your life that was also a horror fan? Yeah, I feel like throughout high school, it was pretty much my mom was the only other one I really knew. Because I, I had that one friend in like, or like he moved away and I was like maybe 13 that uh, I watched The Exorcist with. He was really the only one I can really think of till I got to like college, you know. So how were you, what was the emotional response, I guess, to some of the stuff in your teens? You mentioned Undertaker, Hitchcock. Was it horror? Like fear, excitement? What was the? Yeah, I guess mostly like excitement. Um, I mean, I can understand that with the pro wrestling because that's, that's their thing. It's, you know, high energy, lots of excitement. But what about Hitchcock? Where was, where was the excitement there? I guess I just like love like a great like mystery. I guess it kind of goes back to like Scooby-Doo or whatnot, but mm-hmm. just that sense of like mystery, you know, like I, that's why like a lot of people don't really think Dial M for Murder is one of his best movies, but I can watch mm-hmm. it again and again because I don't know, just that feeling it like gives, even though I know how it ends now, but it still gives me that same like, I don't know, like that's just that mysterious Suspense. feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, as far as like, you know, what excites you about Hitchcock films, that's kind of a no brainer. He, he's a master of suspense. It's just the way he crafts his films. He, they, they're very suspenseful. So it just naturally puts you on edge like that. Yeah. The end of Psycho, especially. Yeah. Anything else uh, impact you in your teenage years? Yeah, I guess just getting really into music was kind of the big thing, too. Like, what? okay, so you meant heavy metal, the music, not the magazine then? Yes, I did. Okay. Ah. It's like, I'm like, for me, the big thing was like discovering Iron Maiden was like, they're still my favorite band. Oh, um, yeah. Have so, you ever seen them live? Yeah, I've seen them five times. 
such an nice. awesome show. I, I haven't, yeah. but I've seen videos and images and just god damn the stage presence. Yeah. Yeah, I've got like all, all the live albums and DVDs, everything. Nice. I'm trying to remember, what was the name of the character that they had on their albums? Eddie. Eddie? Yeah. Is it Eddie? Yeah. yeah. I could uh, I could definitely see a horror fan enjoying have uh, you know the graphic of Eddie. Yeah. yeah. He was definitely an interesting character. Mm-hmm. Might have inspired a couple of things, so, I think. There's something so goofy about him too, you know, like in some of them, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, Iron Maiden music typically can introduce or, you know, um, enhance a lot of different emotions, not just, uh, you know, horror or fear, but excitement as well. Yeah. Yeah. It can even inspire you to, uh, you know, run to the hills. Ha 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 ha. Uh Any other stuff in the horror um, genre that was big to you in your teens? I mean, books, TV, movies. Well, I think like around that time was when I just started making my own little like short films. Okay. Uh, in like my high school video class. So that, that kind of like really got me back into horror. Cause I feel like for mm-hmm. a couple of years I was kind of like not as into it. And then that got me back into it. It's not uncommon. We've talked to a couple of people who've mm-hmm. gone away to it and come back to it. Yeah. yeah. And also the whole, um, you know, starting to make your own indie films around the teenage years. Like what kind of, uh, what kind of things did you make in your teenage years? Was it like shot in the backyard, blood packets, homemade kind of thing? Yeah. I actually like, didn't really get into like the blood, like till later, I think cause my mom wanted to let me film the blood <laughs> in the house. But, uh, yeah. You're going to get it everywhere. Yeah. I mean now, like, <laughs> I mean like later, like I've definitely got blood in my mom's house, but at least in high school, she wasn't really into letting me do it. But I remember doing it at my friend's house because his mom cool. didn't care until I accidentally shot blood on their ceiling. <laughs> Oops. As out. one does. As one does. <laughs> um, so what you mentioned, uh, filming the shorts kind of brought you back to the horror genre. How I'm, so I'm guessing that means that some of the shorts that you started with were not horror. Uh, so how did that, how did that bring you back around to horror? Yeah. Cause, um, well, cause I, in high school, they had like a video program that I did for all four years. So, like a lot of the earlier stuff they were making us do was like, oh, like do an anti-drug PSA or like there were specific things you had to do. And then when we started getting more freedom, that's when I would just write, you know, like what came to mind. I feel like even like I usually put on some music and then just let the ideas flow. And that would usually would come out would be like horror scripts. Hmm. Okay. Is there something thematic about horror that you like to explore? Uh, I guess I get a lot of just psychology is like, I can't think of another genre that you can really like covers like psychology has as much as horror does. Any particular area of psychology? Uh, I don't know. Like everything really, I guess like, yeah, I don't know if I have a great response to that question. Honestly, I don't know. Okay. Again, just thought I'd throw it out there. See what, see what happens. Um, the reason I ask is because there are other people that we've talked to that have at least through the conversation come to realize that there is a specific theme that they keep, uh, I don't want to say keep repeating, but continue to find interest in and keep going back to for various different reasons. But, you know, if there's not one particular thing, that's fine too. Just, you never know. 
Yeah. All right. Was there ever a time when anything really scary happened to you in real life as a teenager? Not really. Honestly, I I live in a town that has like such a ridiculously low crime rate and like not much happens. So never really had that scary of a. Remember one time me and my friend, we went down to the local elementary school in like the evening to like play some handball. And when we were walking out, we saw this guy trying to break into this into the building. Mm -hmm. And we like ran. We just ran right straight to his house. But I just remember like. We felt we like really felt like that guy was chasing us. Like looking back, he probably <laughs> didn't chase us. That was probably what he wanted was for us to get out of there. But that was I remember just right. a very scary moment at, at the time. Did you have any uh reoccurring dreams as a teen? Not really. I think just, I just hardly ever remember any dreams. Okay. So let me see. Up in childhood, you did say that um you were already recognizing that there was something about horror that you enjoyed. I'm guessing by the got by the time you got to the teen years, you would you say you'd already pretty much established that, or was it still kind of borderline? Like was, was horror equal with other things or was it already above other things in terms of your enjoyment of it? Yeah, I guess probably like equal at that point. Okay. I think too, like my, like, once I got around like 16, 17, like I just became a huge like Tarantino fan. So I was like watching the less horror at that around then too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made some horror, Dust Till Dawn, possibly yeah. even Four Rooms as a bit of a horror scene. I guess like Death Proof too, but those are, those are like mostly my least favorite things that he made. Okay. So at, at least up until your teens, would you say you were more interested in, I'm guessing starting to get into the idea of filmmaking um, in general, not just horror. Yeah, I I would say so. Okay. I was making a lot of like comedies too. Okay. What got you into, I mean, other than seeing this video, uh, you know, class in school, did you have an interest in creating that kind of thing before entering high school or was it just like you got to high school and you saw that they had this class, so you decided to take it? Yeah, actually, that that friend I mentioned that had only lived here like a year or two when I was in like middle school, where we watched a lot of horror movies together. I remember mm. he and I making like some little films like uh, on like my mom's camcorder. Mm. Actually, like me and one of my friends when I was in elementary school made a, a horror film too, but at my mom's camera at that time had tapes and we didn't know how to get the, I mean, my friend didn't know how to get the footage off the tape. So somewhere there's probably the first film I ever made. That was a horror mm. film, but yeah, I guess I had some interest and that's why when I went to high school, my mom like told me like that I should take that class. I need an elective. So I was like, all right, I'll try it. And I, I really enjoyed it. Hmm. Cool. Okay. Any particular memory of why you guys chose to do horror in you know those early ones in elementary school? Yeah, I think as me and my friend had uh, just watched the like the Wayans brothers, like scary movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we were trying to do is we were just trying to like parody any horror movies that we'd seen. Mm. Like, I think the, the like remake of house of wax we had just watched. So we had like a bunch of scenes that were parodying that movie. Got it. Did one involve okay. a pole? What was that? Did one involve a pole? I, I don't know. It's hard there, to there, it's a stupid reference. Paris Hilton. <laughs> I actually like the house of wax. to do with Paris Hilton. 
she was in the remake and um, she got stabbed through the head with a pole and then her head just kind of slid down the pole. I think there was some some innuendo there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't really remember anything from that movie. All right. So, so there's some interest in filmmaking, uh, or at least having fun with filmmaking at an early age. And then your mom suggested you get into this, uh, you know, audio video group, which you did. And then, like you say, you did some some stuff that wasn't horror, you know, just whatever regular assignments that they're they were doing. And then you got some some leeway, and and that's where you decided to write your own horror stuff, or at least that's that's what came out. Yeah. Okay. Is there a particular emotional reaction you're going for when creating your work, or at least at that time? Yeah, I think even now and even then, like my favorite like reaction I get is like I just like writing stuff that's really weird. Mm-hmm. When when people are just like there's like that kind of nervous laughter where they're it's like <laughs> kind of disturbing them, but it's like funny, and then they're just like, "How do you like come up with this stuff?" Like that's like my favorite reaction. Like, yeah. Is there something you like about making other people to feel that way, or is it that you like feeling that way, or both? Yeah, I guess it's both. I guess I is like it maybe you like the the feeling of accomplishment, like a, like a gotcha almost, like ah, you didn't see that coming, did you? Yeah, I think so. There was somebody that we talked to once that said that he thought maybe he identified with that feeling of nervousness or awkwardness because, you know, historically for himself, at least that he'd always felt like a nervous or awkward person. And so for him, that just seemed like, like, that's just how life is like this. This feels natural to me. Um, Does that make sense with how you know was that your experience as well or was it you know different from you yeah i think i think that's actually pretty accurate for me as well okay has being nervous or awkward always been a thing for you even since before you were a fan of horror or yeah definitely okay hmm. interesting <laughs> i mean i could see that like I think it was, was it Dave Jackson or Matthew? I think it was one of the guys from Catsick Blues. Matthew. Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, it sounds right. I was just listening to that on the um, promo that I was working on earlier today. All right. Um, what about your adult years? What are some of your favorite horror movies and stories and books from your adult years? Oh, I, I became a huge like David Lynch fan. After watching Eraserhead, um, and then yeah, I've been reading a lot of like more like horror books lately. Like I read it. Right now, I'm reading Dracula, and earlier this year, I read um, uh, Ed Gein uh, biography. Mm, I bet that was good. Yeah, I I love his story. It's probably my favorite true crime stories. I had no idea how creative he was with the uh, flesh crafting until I looked into it just recently, like a couple months ago. Like, damn. He yeah. made a lot of things out of skin. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff too they don't talk about. Like in the book, I was like really surprised. Like what? Like he had a box with nine vaginas in it. Nine. I knew he had a couple, but that that is an impressive collection, sir. Yes. <laughs> That's a strange choice of words, but sure. Yeah. Some details they don't really, I guess, cover on like the mainstream documentaries. Mm-hmm. 
I wonder, do he have any mental afflictions? <laughs> that they diagnosed? I mean, well, I, yeah, I mean, he had a couple, but like, did, did they maybe find any abnormalities in his brain and an autopsy or something? You know what? I'm just going to watch the documentary or, or read the book. <laughs> read, read it. Yes. I don't think they ever gave like a specific diagnosis that I'm aware of. If ever there was like one of those guys that I feel like you can make a case was like actually so mentally ill that you could potentially not fault them, like he might be your your best like case that you could make. So fucked up, it's not a, not even his own fault. Like, but I, I do feel like one thing they cover in the book that does seem like it might be true is that he kind of played that up a little bit too to try to get out of it. Yeah. Who knows? That, Maybe he was uh, a secret genius like that, you know? Like some Kaiser Sose yeah. action. Yeah. Well, that's where I was going to respond that with that, that, you know, you, you can't really trust that from coming from that person, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it that you liked about Eraserhead? I just love the the world they created. Uh, like I don't, I just don't know a, a movie that I feel like just like put me in such a strange, like just totally foreign world that felt like they make it feel totally real. And I, I really love the that uh, Jack Nance's performance, uh, mm-hmm. as well as the. Um, the sound design, because I, I love doing sound design. And to me, that's like the greatest sound movie of all time, for sure. What makes it the the greatest sound design? It was like so ahead of its time. Like I feel like so many movies now, like Seven or like Barton Fink or like so many movies are just trying to like do the eraser head thing of just like putting this just like industrial, like just like obnoxious noise throughout the entire movie. <laughs> you don't even know where like a lot of these like sounds are coming from just like adds such a layer of like i guess like just makes it so uncomfortable it's been a long time since i saw Eraserhead, so i don't even remember the the audio come to think oh, yeah. of it it's probably been 10 15 years since i watched it Shit, i think i watched it in high school that's 25 years ago now i, I know i was an adult by that time because it was when i was doing the the job where i had to travel a lot and i was flying a lot and i remember downloading a bunch of stuff to uh to watch on airplanes and that was one of the ones that i watched i used to wear like um i have like an eraser head like hoodie i used to wear mm-hmm. like every day nice. and when i was in, when i was in college like one of my professors like he started asking me about it and then uh, he wanted to meet up after class and then he started telling me that he was like a huge like you know david lynch fan and like he loves like eraser head and the elephant man he thinks they were like the best like two of the best movies of all time and then i found out later that he had two oscars for sound like this guy was like a huge deal and you know he just like he was like so excited that i had the eraser head hoodie because like he got to talk about these movies that he loved and i found mm-hmm. someone else that shared that interest when you said had oscars for the sound are you talking about the professor or Lynch? yeah really? yeah he's like guy he did like um uh total recall and uh, the movie with the tornado i can't think it was called uh is it twister or something like yeah a lot of those movies like he's the lead sound guy on a lot of them huh. nice T-I-L. What about uh, what about it? What was exciting to you about it? Oh, um, well, when I was a kid, I, I loved the the miniseries. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really get it at the time. Like, I just thought it was so cool. And I remember, that was when I remember my mom trying to explain to me, like, I guess, like, the psychological aspects of, like, it's not just a thing that, like, turns into different monsters is specifically like, you know, what these kids are afraid of. Like, I didn't really get that when I was a kid, but then to me, that was like so interesting. 
And mm. then um, I watched it so many times. And then when the new movies, when the first of the new movies came out, I loved it. And I was like, I, I might as well just read the book. The only reason I happen is because it is enormous. But I was mm. like, just <laughs> yeah, it's a bit daunting. It. Yeah. So I finally did it. I think it took me like over a year to get through it just because I don't read that often. Yeah. How many pages is it? It's like 1100 something. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So having read it, did you like certain parts of it better than the series? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of filler that like, um, but there were like some things I'm like, man, like I really wish that either one of the series could have done it closer to that. Mm -hmm. But I understand why they didn't. I think a lot of it's just like budget reasons. And then just like the directors kind of have their own opinion of certain things. Like I'm sure if I had the opportunity to adapt it, like I wouldn't stick a hundred percent to it either. Hmm. What would, what was missing that you would have liked to have seen? Well, one aspect I, I really liked in the book was um, there's like this whole, like really like, like cosmic, like aspect of like when they're down in the sewers at the end, like it doesn't like feel like in the movie and the movies, it just feels like they're battling this one, like clown, like, in the book, it just feels like it's this like huge thing where they're like going to different dimensions and it feels, it really feels like when they're battling him, like the whole like town's got this huge storm over. It just feels like so much like more like huge, I guess, than it does in the movies. Hmm. Cause the movies, it doesn't really feel like it goes that far beyond like the specific people that he's attacking at that moment. But in the book, right. it just feels like he's always kind of over everything. Yeah, you're right. The movies, both of them really are, are kind of localized within Derry. It's not a real, yeah, cosmic. It's not a better word for it. It's not a real yeah. cosmic feel for it. Yeah. And then I like to, in the, in the book, like when he appears as the clown, like it says he's like middle aged. Like he seems more like a creepy, just like almost like a, just a pedophile dressed as a clown as opposed to like in the movies, he seems a little more like charming. Well, I mean, when you're doing a visual representation of the story, you got to make it believable. And it's not really hopefully not believable that most children would approach a creepy old man. Yeah. Somehow it just feels creepier that way. Like, I don't know that it did like oh, yeah, feel definitely. like, like he has this just like, it just feels creepier, I guess in that way. Yeah. Plus with books, you can always, uh, I, I don't know. It's just more personal because you create the image in your mind rather than watching it. Yeah. Well, to go back to what you said a second ago, Chris, I think the difference is that, you know, life has changed between now and the time it was written and the time uh, that it was set in too. I mean, you true. brought up a comment. I can't remember which interview it was in, but you, we were talking about um, the original movie Halloween mm -hmm. and you commented how you always thought it was funny how the parents would sit, stand there in the doorway and look out the window, like just giving Michael Myers, this, you know, disappointed look like, Oh, Michael. And, you know, and not what calling did you cops. do now? Yeah. Well, that <laughs> right. was, uh, that was Sarah Gierski's interview. I know this because I heard that about five times today during editing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, definitely that one. but you know, that's, that's with the hindsight of like 40 years now, you know, mm -hmm. it's, Today, we would do that, but 40 yeah. years ago, and just like your comment here about, you know, walking up or, or not being as afraid of a middle-aged man in a clown costume back in the 70s or 80s, I mean, it would have been unnerving, definitely, but mm -hmm. I, I think that there would have been more leeway given back then than there would today. Um, yeah. There's this a was... lot more stranger danger today than ever back then. Yes, pre-Hanson era. Hanson, like... Like Chris the, Hansen. 
Not, not the bank. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, where, how does that tie in? <laughs> this is about to get real weird. <laughs> no, Chris. Hansen. That's like, how does that tie into this at all? <laughs> uh, sorry, you were saying, Sam. I was going to say, like, it, like, the story of it also is like, there's the 50s aspect and the 80s aspect. Like, true. So I feel like things are different even in throughout the duration of where the book is set into. Yeah, that too. Hmm. So what about Dracula? What'd you like about Dracula? I actually started reading it because I played the new Resident Evil game and they got these like vampires. Mm-hmm. And I was like in a vampire mood, I guess. And then I was like, I love like both Nosferatu movies, the 20s one and the 70s one. I was like, I might as well just read the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm about halfway through right now. So it's cool. Okay. What do you like about the Nosferatu movies? They just feel so much scarier than like the Dracula movie. I don't know. Like, like the, uh, the bell, I hate the Bela Lugosi movie. It's like not that good to me, but the, I just think like, um, Nosferatu just looks terrifying. And especially the twenties one, there's something so scary. Like it feels real when I watch it. It doesn't feel like a polished, like film. Mm-hmm. It feels like weird footage somebody found from a long time ago with right, a real like, vampire like the first found horrors or fa- yeah. found footages also it's it's a silent film isn't it yeah yeah i'm sure that makes it all the creepier yeah is that what you don't like about the um lugosi dracula is it like too polished or something yeah i think so and like even in like the book for instance there's these three like vampire women that live in the castle but they always feel like very like ghostly like they can just kind of go through the walls and they'll just like appear like in the light but in the movie like in the which i don't even think they're in either nosferatu movie if i'm not mistaken but in the like oh ghosty movie they're just like three women that just walk into the room like they just they don't look scary or anything (laughs) it's like three women that walk in like it's just it's like it's such a disappointment to me But I they like walk the uh, in spookily. They they walk. They don't even. They just they <laughs> walk in, and then there's a bat that's like on a string outside. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see any common threads about the kinds of horror that you like? Cannibals, super. I mean, you mentioned supernatural, but other than that, maybe psychological, maybe. Yeah, I like a lot of like psychological and like surrealist horror, and then I like a lot of like. Just like serial killer films, not like I'm not a big like slasher movie fan, but more like um, films like uh, like Psycho or uh, like Silence of the Lambs type, like more of like a realistic, like just serial killer film. Like, I wish there was more of like those. Ooh, like, uh, have you seen Pieces of Talent? I haven't seen that one. That's pretty good. It's like a. I don't know, more realistic take, I think, on a, a serial killer because he's. He's methodical and he plans things out, but he's also funny and and messy, maybe on purpose. Almost, I don't know. It's it's a good one. Yeah, it sounds good. The other one I liked a lot. I watched recently. I'm not sure how to say it. But it's like the Poughkeepsie tapes or oh yeah, Poughkeepsie. Yeah, yeah. I like that one a lot. That one is dark. There's one scene I absolutely hated in that movie. I thought it was so stupid, but the rest of the movie I loved. But what's that? There's a part where they're like, oh, the killer's theatrical. And he put on this like, um, I don't even know, like a like Mardi Gras type like mask. And he was like, it just like that. It didn't like match the rest. It felt like they were trying to make a like overly like, I guess, produced like movie at that point. Or the rest of it like felt much more realistic. 
Are you talking about the scene where he has two masks on and he crawls around like upside or backwards and and he like goes up to the woman with the, the two piercing tubes on on his fingertips that part? Yeah, I think so. I just remember he was like killing a woman in one of the tapes and he had this like mask on and then yeah. the guy being interviewed was saying like, "Oh, he's showing a theatrical side." Jesus. I didn't really take it that way, but Yeah, yeah. I like the rest of the movie. This that that one part, I just wish they would have cut it. It's a little uh, jarring to the rest of the film, you're right. Yeah. I may or may not have dressed up as exactly that. I went to a Halloween convention recently. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they made me peace bond the tubes on the end of his fingertips, like like how they give you a bright pink or a bright yellow uh, zip tie to show that your weapon's not real. There were fucking tubes on the end of my fingers. They made me peace bond them. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. You don't want anybody poking anybody's eyes out with those. I mean, they did look like giant hypodermic needles on the end of the fingertips. So there's there's that. <laughs> so is there something about uneasiness in general that you enjoy? Yeah, I feel like there is, but I, I couldn't really say why. It just feels like. I don't know, really. I, I guess it just excites me. Like if, if I'm like in the mood for like a horror film, and I watch something else. It just feels very underwhelming. Like. Hmm. Feels like the stakes are so much like higher, mm-hmm. and like just the mood it gives feels like bigger than if I were to go watch like just like an action movie or something. I'm wondering if there's some connection, maybe earlier in your life, that connected those two uh, feelings for you—excitement and that you know nervous feeling. Yeah, I'm not really sure because it's like an interesting thing, I guess, because thinking that like my brother grew up in basically the exact same like way that I did, yet doesn't share the same like passion. Like, I don't know if that's just something that I was born with and he wasn't like, I don't know that there was like an event that would have led me in that direction, really. Well, was your brother born just after Halloween? No, he was not. So, yeah, yeah it might be. It's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, could definitely play into it. There was somebody else we interviewed. I think Jasmine Martinez, her birthday was just before Halloween. And so that definitely affected her uh, in terms of having, I mean, it was one of many things. It wasn't the only thing, but, you know, it it played a role in it, that part. Yeah. So as an adult, do you uh, still participate in Halloween now? Yeah, mostly lately, like, like, I mean, well, last year, there wasn't much I could do with the pandemic, but the year before that, I was at, um, like, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal on Halloween, or I usually go, like, right around Halloween. Hmm. I've actually never been. I've lived in Florida all my life, but, yeah, I've never been to Halloween Horror Nights. I've heard it's, like, lame by comparison now, so it wouldn't be worth going, but I don't know if I've never been, maybe it wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. Yeah, I always really enjoy it, I used to go to, we have another theme park, Knott's Berry Farm, where they have Not Scary Farm, which I was mm-hmm. going to for a while. And then it's actually my brother was like, I think this is Universal Studios that, you know, they're, they basically invented horror film as we know it, you know, like they're going to do it better than some other random theme park. And then I gave it a try and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this every year instead, which is a lot better. <laughs> is it like, um, like the three doors in the it remake where it says not scary, but it's actually not, not scary. So I'm not exactly sure how, what you're asking. I mean, like, like the title is not, Oh, it's not. Oh, scary no, it's part. like, like K N O T T. Yes. I just, yeah. Yeah. Like, like Don knots, I guess. 
It right. sounds like not scary farm. Like it's. it's I not know it's. <laughs> they didn't do a great job with their with their pun. <laughs> maybe maybe it was intentional. Who knows? Hmm. To answer Chris's question, I think the point is like you like Sam was saying. You know, Universal is the one that created some of these monsters. You would think that they do a decent, you know, job of presenting or, uh, you know producing some of the the stuff so if you go to um halloween horror nights you know it may not be movie quality but it's also probably better quality than your normal uh you know house party that you have with the guy down the block yeah so i mean there's there's room in between yeah what's that i was gonna say like too the they have like the psycho set like the the house in the hotel and that they let incorporate that into it. So it's like, like it's just another thing that they, they have so much like that they can just use. Well, so Chris uh, and I used to live down in Tampa Bay area. Chris still does live down there. And so when he was talking about going to Halloween horror nights, he was talking about the one in Orlando. I don't know whether or not they have that in the one in Orlando. Yeah. I'm not sure because I'm by the, by the LA ones. Any uh, favorite costumes as as an adult? Any least favorite? Well, um, I did. Um, I did actually. Well, I went to a Christmas party and I had a mannequin leg with a lampshade over it. That was ah, actually probably, that's probably awesome. my favorite. But um, no, no one understood it though. But like two people, what? How do you not see? understand that? Yeah, I don't know. The it two people that got it, it was hilarious to them. But how do you not at this day and age know Christmas story? Like no, I mean, that's. That's what I thought. But At a Christmas party. <laughs> right? Yeah, I thought it would be understood by more people. Did you tell them you were okay. fragile? You were Italian, you know? Yeah, I actually did make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Has anything happened to you as an adult that has scared you in real life? I will say yes, but it's not not entirely, but it is somewhat uh, have, has a pretty big impact on my upcoming film. Okay. So I don't know if I should really say it. It's sort of too much of a spoiler. <laughs> just, yeah. Like, okay. again, I'm not like directly just adapting the story, but it has a big uh, impact on, on the one that I'm fundraising for right now. So, okay. okay, cool. Well, then we will skip that one. Terrifying story, though. So. Hmm. Uh, so now as an adult, do you have friends that are fans of horror as well? And I guess I should qualify that by saying, I'm not talking about people necessarily that you work with. I mean, like, do you have a group of friends outside of what you do for a living that are fans of horror? Yeah. Well, the, the first thing was, um, just like the, one of the, like with just a couple weeks left of high school, I met this guy that I had been going to high school with who was like, he was a couple of years younger than me, but he was a big horror fan. So mm-hmm. I was about to graduate when I met him, but like we still watch horror movies together a lot because he lives down the street from me. And then um, in college, I met some. And uh, also just like li- like since I've been making my own films, like just talking to like most of the people I talk to online, like every day are just other horror fans around the world that I've just connected with on social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, in your case, it's, the reason that we ask this particular question is sometimes the social element is a big part of it for them. But I mean, thinking back through our call so far for you, it, I mean, it sounds like it was a big thing in your childhood, even before you had a social element to it. Yeah, definitely. And then um, also just the last few years, I've been going to like the 
horror conventions. Uh, just, you know, meet, meeting a lot of the actors and filmmakers that made this stuff I grew up watching is, has been really cool, too. I'm sure. Always a good time. Yeah. Any reoccurring dreams as an adult? The, the only one I think of is just being in a car and the brake doesn't work. Um, <laughs> I get that one a lot for some reason. Interesting. That's like the car version of the uh, falling dream almost. Yeah, it's somewhat, somewhat similar. Loss of control. Loss yeah. of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess we could ask that. Is is loss of control or loss of power a theme that you recognize uh, being important to you looking back through the things that uh, you have enjoyed, you know, in the horror industry, you know, throughout your life? Is has that been a an ongoing concern or is that just now a more recent adult thing? Yeah, I guess a more recent adult thing, really. I don't really know where it comes from, but it's recurring enough that it must come mm-hmm. from somewhere. I mean, one possible explanation is, you know, as an adult, we definitely are definitely more uh, aware of <clears throat> how little we can control things sometimes, as opposed to, you know, being a kid, you think everything's under control or can be controlled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So the next two questions I want to ask, um, I'm going to give them both to you at the same time because they could be the same answer for both questions or they could be different answers. Um, but the two questions are, and this is not just for adults, but your entire life. Uh, what is your favorite movie and what movie have you watched more times than any other? Um, my favorite movie is, is probably Eraserhead. It's definitely not the movie I've watched the most times because I have to really be in the mood for it or it's just awful. <laughs> uh, there's there's probably like a five way tie for the one I've watched the most. Okay. Um, probably be like a Clue, the one based on the board game, uh, mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction, uh, School of Rock, or the Blues Brothers are probably the four that I feel like I've just seen like so many times. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I do just go back and watch like the same like probably like twenty or thirty movies a lot. What do you love about Clue? It's I guess it's like similar to like the thing with like Ghost of Mr. Chicken or like Scooby-Doo where it's just like it's sort of got all the like kind of the horror movie and the mystery film like elements, but just done in like it's just a super like fun and like goofy way. Yeah. And it's got some of the best dialogue I've ever heard in my life, yeah. too. It's like if I could use an analogy, a good film is like a good meal or a good recipe and Clue just got it. You know, it's it's got that classic campy yet still exciting and fun, but spooky and slightly disturbing. I guess it's it has everything. Yeah, it's one of those movies, too, where it's like it makes you feel like you wish you lived in the world that it takes mm-hmm. place in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want secret passages that go from my kitchen to my study. Right. Exactly. The, the bookcase, uh, you know, spins and go through get enough money and you can mm-hmm. <laughs> true true they actually sell those at home depot they're they're like false doors or false cabinets that are doors mm-hmm. i have to look into that what about pulp fiction well part of it is i just love like that i've grown up in la and actually quentin tarantino grew up like 10 minutes from where i live so nice it just like kind of feels like it's like a very like over the top fun sort of version of the city I grew up in, especially Jackie Brown. That movie is like right around where I, 
I live and I, my hometown gets a shout out in uh, Reservoir Dogs actually, but it's just like, I don't know. I guess that's the same reason I like all his movies. Just like, they're just like super, just like fun, like movies with great, great dialogue and great characters. Okay. School of Rock. It's just like one that me and my brother just watched like a ton. Uh, it's got a ton of replay value and I love Jack Black. Maybe something about the humor. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly. What, I mean, I, I love like, you know, like rock music and metal music. And it's like, just like, I love just that it's a movie about just like a, like he kind of reminds me of his character of like one of my relatives a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of funny. And what about Blues Brothers? That's another one. I feel like it's just like growing up, like every like family, like holiday, that mm-hmm. would just be like the go-to movie that everybody likes. And Got it. Yeah. Just one of those movies that never gets old. Okay. Hmm. So the reason that we asked those two questions are to see if there's anything that, um, you know, either underscores something that you've already mentioned in the interview, or if it highlights something new. Um, I mean, you kind of mentioned the thing about, you know, LA and the hometown thing before, in the interview and kind of same thing with clue. Like you said, with Scooby-Doo is, you know, the cliches and the humor. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that there's anything new there. Um, but I also don't feel like it really ties into horror too well either. I mean, other than the cliches, but, um, <clears throat> Other than humor and cliches, well, you, you mentioned psychology. I was going to ask what uh, what were the common common themes or, or common threads about the horror that you like. I remember you saying psychology uh, or suspense. Yeah, is I there something just, else that I'm missing? I think a big thing too is I love just like very like gloomy atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know that that's like a big thing for me. I feel like lately, especially, it's just like movies that like even when there's nothing like not a kill scene or something where just the whole time there's sort of just that like dark sort of feel that's why i got a lot from it i got it from clue um i'm also like a huge fan of like the the silent hill the horror games just like where it just feels like it's just like putting you in this very just sort of dark like atmosphere i don't know how to really describe it but i guess i care more about that than like plot personally hmm no, I think that's a good um, a good word for it. Atmosphere, you know, the the feeling that you that it, it evokes maybe in you. Yeah, well, it's mean, like almost normally, working. Like, oh, sorry, what was that? No, go ahead. I was just say like where where sometimes it feels like a movie could be affecting you more. Like like um, there's a quote by Roger Ebert in his review of Taxi Driver where he's talking about the end and he's like, it, it works more like music than it does on like a narrative level. Where like the last like couple of scenes, they don't really like, you can really like recap what's happening. And I feel like that's true of a lot of like Eraserhead and stuff where it just like feels almost like more of like a musical effect on you than like a narrative effect, if that makes sense. Right. There's, I can't remember who it was said by, but one of the quotes a similar quote that I like is that words make you think thoughts. Music makes you feel feelings. And I think they were saying that lyrics 
make you feel thoughts. Like it's a, mm-hmm. a combination of, of the, the feeling and the thought. Yeah. What I was going to say is the, the next question typically then is, you know, what it is, what is it that you like about those things and, and why horror? Because, you know, normally a lot of the things that come up in these interviews are, are things that, that you could find in other genres. So then we, we say, you know, why horror? Because trying to decipher why it is that they like those things in the horror genre, as opposed to liking those things outside the horror genre, sometimes educates us on, you know, a little more about what it is that they like, but you know, what you're talking about here with the atmosphere and the, the emotion I don't really know that there is any other genre that evokes this kind of an atmosphere other than horror. Yeah. The only one I think is really close. If you can even really call it a genre is like, um, like film noir. Right. Or I guess some, some like mystery films, like you like, I guess like Hitchcock, like you might not call like vertigo a horror film, but that's the only thing I can think of those sort of like suspenseful mystery films, like kind of have it, but film noir is better. I I like that one better. Yeah. Like when I watch like Sunset Boulevard, like I feel like it gives me the same feeling that like a horror movie might. Well, I mean, I feel like we've at least narrowed in on the atmosphere. Uh, I don't know that we have a real answer for what it is that you like about that atmosphere or, or what triggered your enjoyment of that atmosphere, but at least narrowing it down to that is something. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I think unless there's something that you can think of that you think is relevant that we haven't talked about, I think that's might be as far as we might get on this. Yeah, I can't, I can't really think of anything else. Okay. Well, before we close the call, do you want to pitch anything on your way out? Not really. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really have anything in particular. Okay. Just the, uh, Indiegogo and what's coming next. Yeah. And I, I recently, I guess I, I recently released, uh, like nine minutes silent horror short on my YouTube channel. Uh, the film's just called Wormhole, one word. Oh, cool. Uh, check it out. It's free. Okay. Shot it over the pandemics. Mm-hmm. We can link to that on your bio too if you want. Yeah, that one's a very, I guess, like heavy on the atmosphere and not so heavy on the plot. It, did you say it at the start? I don't remember. Sorry. At the start of the call, did you say what the name of the Indiegogo uh, or, or next thing you're working on is? Yeah, it's um, Erotomaniac. That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Yeah. Thank uh, you for having me. Yes. Our pleasure. Thank you, anybody out there listening. Um, Please do come visit us at HorrorMixesHappy.com. We have a a list of there of people that we'd like to interview. And uh, if you can help us get in touch with any of those people, please do. Or if you'd like to have somebody added to the list, let us know. Um, We've also got a bunch of very nice merchandise and stuff that you can find on Redbubble. On the, there's a link on our page for that. A bunch of cool designs. Uh, just in general, come let us know how we're doing. Yeah. Okay.